our last speaker tonight is a, ve- is a very failed comedian. Is the host of the Part of the Problem podcast. Co-host of the Legion of Skanks podcast. And considering, and I assure you only considering, a run for president in 2024. Dave Smith! Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. That is, uh, you guys are great. What a, what a great event. Thank you guys all for, for coming out tonight. I've, I've met a lot of you so far, and I'll, I'll be hanging out afterward, and I hope to meet more of you. And I, I get, it's like a lot of people are coming up to me, and they're like, oh, you know, like, thank you for what you do, and, and this. And from the bottom of my heart, man, thank you guys for what you do. Like, this is what matters. This is incredible. What an incredible event. It's so much energy. You know, I, I gotta say, man, it's like I've been doing what I do for a while now. And um, it's, you know, like I, it's been getting better and bigger, but for a while I was doing this and there was nothing to focus it on. And I, you know, I think a lot about um, the great Ron Paul and what, what 2008 and 2012 meant. And, and this is my real beef with these dumbass agorists. All right, who are sitting here and they're like, well, the pure thing is to not be involved in the political process at all. As if, as if right now we're really wielding political power over anyone or something. But so it's like, well, no, it's not fucking like he's a good dude or whatever. But look, here's the thing, right? Think about 2008 and 2012. And so many of us were around for those campaigns and the energy that, that we had and all of that, right? Ron Paul is still doing the Liberty Report, and everything he says on that, if you watch it, is just as great as everything he ever said during the campaigns. I watch his show every day it's on. It's so on point. He's, Ron, Ron Paul is still, for no other reason, I mean, he could retire right now and have done more for liberty than any human being walking the planet Earth, but Ron Paul wakes up every day and goes, gotta do a little bit more. That wasn't quite enough. The man has a stroke on Friday, and on Monday, he's like, yeah, yeah, let's talk about the Fed. You know, like, like that's, that is, that is our guy. But here's the thing. What happened to the liberty movement? All that happened was that Ron Paul's not running for president anymore. That's it, he's still saying all the great shit. And you know what? When I, I realized this too, right? Before the, the Mises Caucus, I was saying all of the stuff that I'm saying now. And now all you guys are like, wow, it's amazing you're saying this stuff and you're drawing people into the Mises Caucus. But it's not me, it's Michael Heiss for starting this whole thing, man. It's all the credit goes to Michael Heiss. He, he is the reason there's all this energy. This was nothing but something that Michael manifested into reality. This caucus is three years old and it is the force in the Libertarian Party today. That is, that is incredible. 
That is an incredible achievement, and all of you guys played a role in that, and I'm grateful to you. So for all you guys giving me the thank yous for this, I'm thanking you guys, okay? You guys are the heroes here. Um, now look, let's, let, while we're here with all this energy at this event, let's try to get some stuff out on the table and talk about what's going on. All right, so here's the situation, and I, I'm gonna try to be as charitable as I can. I really wanna be accurate and not be unfair because we all have our biases, and, and everybody in this room does as well, right? So the reason why we're having this event, essentially, is because the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania didn't want me to speak at their event. Now, listen, I wasn't a big enough draw. Now, I just, only headliners get to speak over at that fancy event over there, which I heard had upwards of 40 people tonight. Anyway, um, I'm, just, I'm speaking on rumors that are going on, okay? I, but listen, here's the truth, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I mean, I'm not being sarcastic, I mean this very sincerely. I do not begrudge them for not wanting me to speak. I really am a libertarian to the core of my being. And if they don't want me to speak, that's fine. That, that, I believe in freedom of association. And if they think I'm too controversial or my message isn't right for their event, then they have every right to not have me at their event. However, the other side to freedom of association is that then we're going to have our event and we're going to do this, okay? I think, I think that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable. I don't begrudge them for not wanting me there, but then we're gonna be here. I, I am not going to beg them to let me speak. I am going to inform them that they will not shut me up, all right? That's, that's how I look at things, okay? A slightly different message. Um, but, you know, look, I, I think it's reasonable to say they have a right to decide who they want to speak. I think it's reasonable for libertarians in the party to uh, not agree with us. And I would never insist that they have to. No libertarian in the LP or outside of the LP has to support us or has to support the candidates that we like or donate to our PAC or anything like that. I, I, I think it's completely reasonable to say you can support who you want, you can make whatever arguments you want, and that's fine. But I also think it's reasonable to request that people stop lying about us. That's all that I ask. Stop lying about us and tell the truth, and then let's have an honest conversation about where our differences are, okay? And, and there's a lot, everybody here knows, there's a lot of lies that are told about who we are. So what I wanna just say tonight, I wanna just make it um, unambiguous and be very clear about who we are. Because everyone here knows that there's a lot of people out there saying we are this or we are that and we stand for this or we stand for that and a lot of it is lies. So let me just state this for the record. This is who we are. We are the Ron Paul army. That's who we are, okay? We are the Ron Paul army and we are here to make the Libertarian Party a force. That is, uh, that is what we are here to do. You remember when Ron Paul would inspire all of those tens of thousands of young people to come out at every single event? Well, we're those people, okay? And this is our next chapter. 
What we represent is the Revolution 2.0. And if the Libertarian Party doesn't want Ron Paul Libertarians in the party, then okay. But I think they should say that, and then we can have a debate about that. And, and we can let the members decide whether or not they want Ron Paul Libertarians in the party. However, if they're not batshit crazy, and they would like Ron Paul libertarians in the party, then we are more than thrilled to bring this energy in and work with them and create something amazing, which we can do if we all work together. So that's my pitch. Let's just be honest about what we want to accomplish. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, we're not secretive about what we're trying to do here with the Mises Caucus. Maybe there's some fair criticisms of us, but I don't think a fair criticism is that we're not upfront with what we want to do. And here's what we want to do, very simply. We want to bring the liberty movement into the Libertarian Party. We want to recreate the Ron Paul revolution, and we want to speak for the American people and demand our freedom. That is the whole mission. You know, the, the Libertarian Party has, has a, an unbelievable tradition. I mean, I think that sometimes we have to, you know, uh, uh, really appreciate what w the legacy that we're inheriting. This is the Libertarian Party. This is the party of Ron Paul. This is the party of Harry Brown. Great men. Yes, the le yes, the legend Harry Brown. Though the these are the you know th this is the legacy that we're following here, and I, f from my perspective, we were asking with Ron Paul in 1988. We were asking with Harry Brown. We were asking with Ron Paul in 2008 and 2012. What the Revolution 2.0 is here to do is demand. We're not asking for our liberty anymore. We are demanding our liberty. That is our message. And we, we are speaking on behalf of the American people. We demand an end to the COVID restrictions immediately. Right. Not, and I don't, I don't mean we want 35% capacity instead of 25% or I want to be able to not wear my mask when I'm six feet away from you or anything like that. I mean, give me liberty or give me death. The government has no right. They have no right to tell you because something is a risk to you that you lose your basic liberty. What the government has done over the last year is disgraceful, it's tyrannical, it's totalitarian. They have destroyed the lives of tens of millions of Americans on the basis of pseudoscience. They should all be launched to the freaking moon. That is too... 
They... For the record, that's uh, almost certain that's Scott Horton's line. That I, I, what I, I just uh, unapologetically take Scott Horton's lines and then just use them on huge platforms. Like, people will be like, oh, that was so great what you said on Rogan. And I'm like, I know, I just came up with it on the spot right there. It just, just came to me. And it wasn't that I've, Scott said it for 10 years. And then I was like, anyway. But that's what we demand. We demand an end to this insanity over the last year. And I mean, more and more is coming out. I mean, what we've seen just, just over the last couple weeks, right? You've seen it all fall apart. You've seen uh, um, the articles by, you know, people in the establishment, New York Times, uh, they, they just came out and admitted that there's not one documented case of COVID where it was caught from, uh, from a casual outdoor interaction. I'm not, I think the problem, I, I think, well, in the case of Cuomo, he was trying to fuck other people, which was the problem. That was the problem. Never mind killing the old people. It was when he pinched Susan on the ass. That's what we really, that's what we got to get to the bottom of. With, uh, but you know, it's the, the, the outdoor masks were all, you know, it's complete pseudoscience, you know, and, and whatever. Some of these things are, are, you know, it's a little bit silly. It's like, okay, keeping your distance. Or you'll see even today, you know, I, even at the hotel here, in this hotel that we're in, you know, I check into my room and they have these signs like, don't worry, your room was extra cleaned because of COVID. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, we figured out around March 30th of 2020 that that has nothing to do with COVID. Like, there's none of this claim. This, but we're all still living in this mass delusion. And, and let me just say, it is a nasty virus. It really is. It's just that these idiots have no idea how to mitigate it. So all of these policies d do nothing except destroy lives. But you know what's not funny? Like them putting the signs up on my dumb hotel room door. What's not funny at all is the millions of children whose lives have been irreparably like destroyed by these diseases, who have fallen behind. Every one of us in here, I bet, knows a kid who's fallen behind over this last year. Yeah. I, you're so, yeah. Every one of us, right? You're, every one of you are thinking of a story right now. These bastards did that, and we demand an end to it immediately. That's what we stand for. Um, and of course, I, I don't know if I need to say this after following uh, Scott Horton, but we are demanding an end to the wars. And not like we're, de not like, okay, I think we have to agree to pull out by September 11th, or I think we should draw down from 6,000 to 2,000, or whatever the real number of troops in Syria is, because even Donald Trump evidently didn't know what the numbers were, right? Here's what the Mises Caucus position is. Not one more bomb will be dropped on innocent Muslim women and children. Not one more. That's our position. And I'm sorry to the other members of the Libertarian Party. We are, we are in the business of ending genocides here. This, this is what we're here to do, 
Okay? And one more. Not one more nonviolent, victimless criminal is put in a goddamn cage in a moral society. That is, it is nothing but modern day slavery. It's a, it's a disgrace. It's an embarrassment. I have, I have a, a two and a half year old daughter and a son on the way. And it's an embarrassment that I would ever have to explain to them that we as a group of adults have allowed this slavery to persist in our first world country with the wealth and resources we have that we still lock human beings in a cage like animal for pot or even cocaine or heroin or whatever it is and even for selling it. They did nothing to anyone and they do not deserve to be locked in a cage. And, you know, there's like five more. Um, but I don't know if I can keep this energy going for another five more. But we're also not going to give another fucking dollar to bankers or to big corporations. We're not, we're not robbing American citizens to pay billionaires' welfare, okay? and the Fed was gonna be my next one. And then I thought that would be like my big closer. And then you guys all jumped on end the Fed early. I mean, not closer for the speech, but my list of demands or anything. So, so I'm just saying, let me ask the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. What about that message was too controversial for you guys? Because that's our message. And, it, well, you know what? Listen, a lot of them are, and, and a lot of them, uh, there, there's a different, like, there's different groups, right? And Michael was describing this the other day when he spoke on my podcast about it. Um, there are people who are dishonest, who are poisoning the well about us. And then there's a whole lot of other people who that person is the only one they've spoken to about us. And then there's another group of people who maybe we just haven't done the best job of convincing. You know, and so I want us to also like if I'm going to ask that the the our critics in the Libertarian Party be honest about us, well then I'm damn sure going to demand out of every one of you that we give them a fair shot, okay? That we also listen. We are libertarians, okay? We we believe in the presumption of innocence, right? That is the essence of freedom that you are presumed innocent, right? Okay, so I'm saying that we should apply that in our social encounters with other libertarians. Now, if somebody has proven to you that they are dishonest and they're, they're vindictive, then okay, fine. You don't have to deal with that person. But I demand of every one of you that you treat every other libertarian with the presumption of innocence and let's try our best. Look, Ron Paul was willing to coalition with anybody 
He would coalition with anybody. Like he would coalition with Dennis Kucinich. He would coalition with any person. You know, if freaking Dick Cheney was like, I think we should legalize raw milk. Ron Paul would be like, let's do it. Yeah, like let's legalize. You know, so that's the point. And, and if he could set that example for us, and that is really our guy who we're inspired from, then we damn sure can work with other libertarians. So let's do our best to prove them wrong because they're lying about us. So let's be who we really are and let's do our best. Look, the, here's the truth. There are some poisonous people in the Libertarian Party. I know them better than most. <laughs> but the vast, vast, vast majority of people in the Libertarian Party are good Libertarians who really want to achieve all of the same goals that we do. And let's do our best to prove to them that we can work with them. I, I promise, I promise that, you know, our members, uh, other members of the party who are critics of ours, I promise you that if, if you give us a chance, this is going to be the best thing that's ever happened to the party. This is, we are your reinforcements. We are here to make this party a force, and it's not to disrespect the work that people have done over the years. Like I said, this is the party of Harry Brown. I'm honored to be a member of this party, okay? But at the same time, let's be honest. Let's be real. We are the party that sits upon the philosophy of libertarianism. The most beautiful philosophy ever devised by man and we're viewed as a joke, and that's a problem. And the problem is that we haven't had a Ron Paul or a Harry Brown in too long. That's the only issue. So if any of you guys want to do it, then that would be really awesome. You guys could just take the weight off my shoulder. I'm pretty happy. I got a baby on the way and a whole career going on. But anyway, look. I, I will just say that, you know, to my theme before, I'm will, I really am happy to work with anybody, and I've been trying to demonstrate this over the last few months, and, and, and I've really been working hard at this, that I want to say that anybody who comes in good faith and want to try to achieve some of the same goals that we want to achieve, well, then you know what? We are, we are allies. We are brothers and sisters, and we are in the same fight together. And that's, you know, but there are others who are claiming we're something that we're not. And so I just, again, want to make it, you know, clear tonight that um, the idea that we represent some type of right-wing takeover or whatever, you know, all the other names in the book that are thrown at you whenever someone woke is losing an argument, uh, you know, you're a racist or something. Yes, I know. It's funny because I always thought as a, as a Jew, as the you know, grandson of a Holocaust survivor, I thought I was kind of protected against those uh, accusations. Man, was I wrong about that. Uh, you know, but, but here's the thing, and here is the truth. I know just about everybody in leadership in the Mises Caucus, and I've met a whole lot of people within the rank and file of the Mises Caucus, and I have never met legitimately one racist. Not one. That's the truth. We, we are, that's not what we're about. 
That's not, it's not what we're about. Like, it's just not, and, and you know, if there's one thing I know because I've talked to a couple, and I've talked to people who are anti-Semites and people who are racist, and here's one common trait that I've noticed in uh, all of them. They'll tell you. <laughs> they are more than happy to let you know. People who think the Jews are controlling everything, all, you literally, all you have to ask them is, how's the weather? And they're like, well, the Jews are controlling all of the weather. And you're like, all right, this is, I haven't had my coffee yet, so this is, this is a bit much early. It's just, uh, I was just making conversation. And that's not who we are. And, and anybody who tells you that, like, that, that, that's who we are, they're lying to you. Look, I, I will say it, it I, here's the thing, right? When a lot of libertarians like to uh, put out that plank, they, they like to tweet, you know, we condemn bigotry as irrational and repugnant. My, my response to that is always that it's like, this just seems to me like an unnecessary thing to even say. Like, what, what do I have to, we have to start with I'm proving to you? Like, let me start with I'm not a horrible person. <laughs> I, I, I'm not allowed to have the presumption of I'm not a horrible person. I also don't believe in torture. Uh, like, you know, but here's, but here's the truth, but that, that one is more serious uh, than, but, but to me, I go, I don't have to just sit here and say, I find bigotry repugnant. Here's how you know I find bigotry repugnant. Every goddamn big platform that I get on, and I've been on the biggest in the country, I go out of my way to bring up the genocide in Yemen, okay? I make sure. To, to make sure that when I'm on Joe Rogan or CNN or Fox News or Tim Pool or whatever the platform is, I always let people know this is what's happening over there. Now, by the way, there's no grifter points. There, there's no like, oh, this is how I'll build my audience or this will put more dollars in my pocket if I just bring up the genocide in Yemen. I don't bring Scott Horton on my show more than anybody else to break down how evil these wars are because this is somehow in our self-interest. It's just simply that women and children are dying and we care about that. And we think it's wrong, okay? So do I need to then go out of my way and say it? Well, if it does need to be said, here's the truth and I speak for everybody in the Mises Caucus when I say this. We reject racism. It's collectivist, toxic garbage, okay? There, I am a Jew from Brooklyn, New York. I've grown, around, grown up around every type of people and I love people from every group and I hate people from every group, let me tell you. Every group has their thing that annoys me and every group has their thing that I love. But here's the other thing about the Mises Caucus. Not only do we reject bigotry, not only do we reject racism, but we also reject woke, critical race theory, collectivist, toxic garbage. Because that's what it is. It's destructive nonsense. And more importantly, we recognize it for the distraction that it is. We recognize it as, uh, you know, the powerful, like, come on, man. I mean, how, how like, uh, for a libertarian to see the CIA pushing inclusion, and you don't go, maybe there's something going on here that's a little bit more than meets the eye. You have the biggest corporations 
Hollywood, NBA millionaire athletes, the FBI and the CIA talking about equality. <laughs> I mean, what's going on here? I don't think it's a true, genuine belief in equality. I think what's happening is that they are distracting all of us and pitting us all against each other so that none of us focus on what they're doing, which is destroying our country. That's what they're doing. I have to see the CIA woke commercial. Oh, let's hear, let's hear what our torturers think about race awareness, I guess. Thank you, anti-racist torturers. But listen, you know, right. <laughs> this is a torturer with anxiety is. It's, I mean, if Saturday Night Live had any courage at this point, that would just, the sketch would write itself. It's, it's like, please stop waterboarding me. Don't yell at me. That really brings on, it's very uncomfortable for me. I don't, I'm very triggered by your, um, but so that's, so that's what it is, right? Is that we're in this, we are rejecting this whole paradigm, this whole paradigm. It's not a choice between believing in corporate wokeism or being a racist. Those aren't the choices. And the reality of the situation is this, is that the enemy is who the enemy has always been. Our enemy isn't left-wingers or right-wingers. Our enemy is the state. That's a good one. Look, this, is, this whole Mises Caucus experiment has really turned into something beautiful, and it's been amazing to watch. It really has. You know, I, like I said, Michael Heiss convinced me to join the party. He convinced Tom Woods to join the party. He convinced a lot of you guys to band together. He convinced Scott Horton to get active. He really like created this. And what we've been doing over this last year is something different. You know, it's, um, this started as like an insurrection. This started at, I know that word's been overused a lot lately, but I don't mean it literally. We didn't storm any buildings. Oh, I know, no one, so was, we were taking selfies while Heist was farting on Sarwak's desk or something like that, but. Yeah. But I just mean, I mean, it was, an, it, was, it was this, the movement of the people who were unhappy with the messaging and they were starting off, but this is, this is developed into something different. And now we're winning states and now we're growing and now we're really becoming the dominant force in the party. But along with that has to come an evolution in our, in our attitudes and in how we present ourselves. And let me tell you something, and this is the truth, right? And I am nobody to judge anyone for an offensive joke. Because I have a feeling a lot of my greatest hits are going to be out there pretty soon. <laughs> but you know what? I'm okay with that. And, and like, I think that this is the, that's in a way a perfect opportunity to break this whole paradigm. 
Like, I'm not gonna, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna let the people who apologize for our torturers tell me they're offended by my joke. I don't care. But, but I digress. What I'm suggesting is that myself included and all of you guys, we need to start thinking about ourselves in a different way. We're not the young group of people with piss and vinegar who are trying to piss people off and trying to get our message out there. We're now transitioning into being the leaders of this party. And I think, and, and we want to be not only the leaders of all libertarians, but of all Americans. And that means that we have to lead with compassion and love for them. We can't, no revolution will be successful if it's not based around love. That was the message of Ron Paul. All other revolutions will devolve into tyranny. It has to be based around love. It has to be based around compassion. And we have to realize that now we are in a position where we have to act like leaders. And the, the shit posting and stuff like that is only at this point giving ammo to the people who want to bring us down. So I would ask that we just cut all of that stuff out because it doesn't help anymore. It doesn't help anymore. We're winning. We're, we've won all the arguments. You don't need to argue back and forth with someone who calls you an alt-right Nazi anymore. They've already been defeated. They are the laughing stocks of the party. You know, it's just, that's it. We can, we can disregard those people. They're not, they don't mean anything. And the other people who see us in the middle of an argument with one of those people where they call you names, then you call them names, they just dismiss the whole thing. And they're like, oh, you guys are all fighting. And that's all you're here to do is fight. And that's not what we're here to do. That was never what we were here to do. We weren't here to fight with other libertarians. We're here for the revolution. So the next step is that we need we need, I need, every single one of you who possibly can to be there tomorrow for Scott and Nick Sarwak at that event. I need us to make our presence felt. I want every one of you to be respectful and kind, but cheer Scott on and be there at that event tomorrow. I know it's 7.30 in the morning, and I know most of you are halfway drunk already right now. We are libertarians after all. And the other half have been high since noon. So that is, it's the crowd we roll with. How am I doing on time? Good, yeah, all right. That's a good, that was a great, I just literally looked over to Michael Heist to go like, how, how am I doing on time? And he went, so, which is a great, that is the most libertarian response ever. I have no idea. I, go, I just don't even really know what day it is. I don't know, bro, you're fucking speaking, keep speaking. You know, uh, Ron Paul, it, it always comes back to him for me. That's a, I just said the word. <laughs> That's a, yeah, great point. But we've got, you know, we've gotten the endorsement from him. We've gotten the endorsement from so many of these other powerful libertarians. You know, the fact that Jeff Deist is going to be here tomorrow night means so much to me personally. So much to me. Yeah, there, there's, this, that's a true moment in, in libertarian history, right? That, that the, the president of the Mises Institute would be back at an LP event 
with a whole bunch of enthusiastic people. And this is, there, there's been these kind of like rifts in the libertarian movement before. And what I think about all of it, and, and from my perspective, I was, until I got into the Libertarian Party, friendly with all libertarians. It wasn't until I came in, like I got along with the Cato guys, with the Reason Magazine guys, my loyalties were always to the Mises Institute and Ron Paul because that's where, that's who like radicalized me and explained all this stuff to me. But I always got along with everybody. And then there'd be the history of all the beefs and all that, but I was like, you know, that's before my time. What do I care? I mean, you know, they shouldn't have stole Cato from Murray Rothbard, but whatever, it's like, that's what happened. They probably, they, they probably owe him a few bucks, but whatever, that's not the point, all right? It's just, this is all in the past. This is, this is several generations before I came into this, so that's not what I'm here to battle, you know? And so my thing now, and I love the moment of Jeff Dice coming and speaking here, because I just think it should be like this, right? This is what I say for the Libertarian Party. The Cato Institute has done amazing work, and they absolutely deserve a seat at the table of libertarian thought. Their foreign policy team is amongst the best in the business. That's the, that's the truth. Their Reason Magazine has done incredible work throughout the years. They spread ideas of libertarianism to people who had never heard of them before. They've been phenomenal. Like, they've done great work. You know, I don't want anyone to not be included in this. But the Mises Institute also gets a seat at the table. They also deserve to be here. They kept the ideas of Mises and Rothbard alive. And they were the intellectual firepower behind the Ron Paul movement. They deserve to have a seat at the table too. And we should bring everybody together. There's no reason why we shouldn't. All of these old beefs are dumb and old. And what is it between Murray Rothbard, who's no longer with us, and the Koch brothers, who only one of them is still with us. Like, we don't need to hold on to this anymore. We can let this all go and move on together. And, and, and you know what? If we want to have a revolution, we need to all be together. So, Ron Paul, uh, and I'll, I'll wrap on this. Ron Paul used to, uh, he used to always love this Victor Hugo quote, if you remember, that he would say a lot, an idea whose time has come, right? That was Ron Paul loved to say. That no, there's no, that was Victor Hugo's quote, there is no force on this earth powerful enough to stop an idea whose time has come. And I will tell you, Ron Paul had all of the right ideas. And Harry Brown had all of the right ideas. But their time hadn't come. And I really believe in my heart that after this year of lockdowns, after this totalitarianism, that these ideas, time has come. And that's what we represent. Nothing can stop an idea whose time has come. And all ideas, times have come. Thank you, guys. I love you all. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. Thank you. You don't got to sit down. We're pretty much done. So <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt to follow that. So all I'm going to, I have one question though, and I, and I actually want a response. It's not rhetorical. No. Fuck. <laughs> um, 
Can you feel it? That feeling is conviction. It's belief. It's faith. That's what's going to bind us together. That is what made the Ron Paul revolution special. And that spirit is in the room tonight, and it's with all of us. And it's up to us what to do with it. So are we going to fight for liberty? Yeah! Then let's go out there and do it. Thank you all for coming tonight. <laughs>